You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Um, but there's a couple of things that we're, we're asking the Lord for concerning um, d- during this time of, of prayer and fasting. There's three things that the Lord put on my heart. I talked a little bit about last week, but I just want to refresh really quickly with you guys. I, b- I believe this year the Lord is bringing us through, uh, to a year of breakthrough. And breakthrough, we're actually talking about that today and what that means. And I'm going to just uh, point you to a passage in Scripture where God did that and, and showed us how to do that. Um, but breakthrough in our personal lives, I know some of you have been really um, asking the Lord for freedom from pain and from bondage and um, maybe addiction, maybe something just saying, God, I want to see just some, some things in my life I've been looking for, I've been wanting for. And I believe that God wants to bring us to that and also, not just for us personally, but for our community. We live in a place where there's a need for there to be some breakthrough in the fact that God is moving on hearts and minds of people. And we want to see that. We want to be a part of the harvest that God is bringing in. And we want to see the Holy Spirit move within our community. And then also in our prayers, that we need to see breakthrough in our prayers. That there's many of us who have been crying out to the Lord and asking God, and as a matter of fact, the 21-day the prayer um, and fasting comes from Daniel, the book of Daniel, where Daniel was praying to God, and, and something was, the scripture uses the word buffeting, like stopping his prayers. And the angel of the Lord shows up to Daniel and says, listen, I'm going to break through in your behalf because your prayers haven't been reaching heaven. And it wasn't because Daniel was sinning. It wasn't because something was wrong. It was because there was an opposition, spiritual warfare taking place against answered prayer. And so when we do this, when we come together, we set our expectation. I believe that we're going to be coming to a place of seeing answered prayer. And we know why that's important. The second thing, the second area is life and joy. And I believe that God wants to bring us into a place of of life and the dreams that he has established for our lives. To see the joy associated with those dreams. We, you know, we talk about it all the time that every one of us is called to something. There's a dream that God has put inside of us and those dreams should have life and joy on them. And the joy in our daily lives this season of pain is over. And I'm not, I'm not talking about any amount of time. I'm saying this, that the reality that sometimes we live more in the understanding of pain and sorrow than we do of the truth of joy in life. And God wants to bring us into that truth. And it is entirely possible, I want to say this to you, to be walking through some of the most difficult times of your life, but yet still have joy in life attached to you. It's possible. God can do that. He wants to do that. All right. And then finally, unmistakable direction. Why? Because it takes faith and courage to step out into the things God has called you to. But the things God has called you to are for a reason. They're bigger than you. They're bigger than you for a a purpose to show the, the power of God in your life, but also to show the power of God in a community, okay? And so it's time for the people of God to step out into the things of God, and it takes unmistakable direction to begin to do that, all right? So these are the things that, as a a church, that we're beginning to fast for. But I encourage you to ask the Lord to say, God, is there anything that you want to speak to me personally that I should be fasting for? And I, um, 
and just write those things down. And as we go through times of prayer and as you go through your week, uh, I want to encourage you just to write down the things that God is sharing with you. All right. And what we put into this, what we come in with in the way of faith and expectation, God will meet us. Okay, so don't get tripped up as much about what you're fasting as much as the time you spend with God during this 21 days. All right. Don't get tripped up as much on what you're fasting as much as you are just concentrating on spending some time, setting some time aside to seek the face of God. Because if you come in with expectation, with faith, God will meet you. All right. So this morning, really quickly, what I want to do is I want to talk about walking in breakthrough. Now, I understand that this idea of breakthrough is a spiritual term. And there's a reason is because breakthrough only comes by the Spirit of God. It doesn't come by our strength. Now, we talked about the reason why we need breakthrough in our life. There's multiple reasons why we need breakthrough. And breakthrough doesn't just deal with the sense of overcoming a stronghold or an addiction or some kind of bondage in our life. It deals with coming from a place maybe where we feel stuck or in a rut or in a place where we are facing a mountain or some kind of obstacle into a place of understanding of the life the provision in the grace of God. And in our life, we have to walk in the understanding of breakthrough. What the Holy Spirit says about breakthrough. We have to keep that in our life. Why? Because God is constantly drawing you into the impossible. you got to love that about the Spirit of God. See, God doesn't draw us into the things that we are capable of doing with our own strength. There's nothing supernatural about that whatsoever. There's nothing awesome or awe-inspiring about that. If everything that God spoke for you to do was something that you could accomplish in your own ability, there would be nothing exciting about that. But yet God, in His goodness, and believe me, it is His goodness, that He leads us into places that are beyond us or greater than us. Why? Because He desires to show us His character, His goodness toward us, by revealing that His grace is sufficient when we aren't able to do the things He's called us to. And that doesn't mean that He's vindictive or cruel, not at all. That actually is a reflection of His goodness. It's like me walking into Toys R Us when my kids are little. All right, parents, you, you there? You with me? You understand. We recently took uh, little Portland to Toys R Us. Portland Cooper. You guys know that little guy eats everything, all right? He's this, this big. Great little guy. And I did it because my kids are old, and, and they don't get excited about Toys R Us anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't roll them through the aisles, and they're like, ah. But we walked through there, and we just slowly, Kim and I just slowly rolled him through there. And, and he would just go, he pointed to something. So as soon as he pointed to it, we pull it and let him grab it until he pointed to something else. And then he would point to it, and we would take the other thing, and we would give it to him until he lost his attention on that. And finally, he found something that he wanted, that he really wanted. And when we offered him something else, he's like, no, I, I got the thing I wanted. So that's what we bought him. We bought him the thing he wanted. Why? Because it would have been cruel and vindictive to roll him through the aisles and go, oh, you like it? Too bad. Nope. Uh-uh. You don't get it. Uh-uh. Ha, 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 ha. Send pictures to Buddy and Mindy and be like, oh, look what we're doing. He can't have it. He's crying. <laughs> you don't know. 
We wanted to send them pictures of them going, ah, you know, like this is awesome. Why? And God does that with us in our life. And this is what breakthrough is about. More about this than becoming, overcoming strongholds and addictions is to say, listen, God wants to display his greatness in us. And he's going to call us to places beyond us. And so when he does, he's going to display his goodness in us by resourcing us in the impossible. All right. That was good. Hey, Andy, that was good. All right. Let's get into Zechariah. Open up. You don't know where it's at. Don't worry about it. Go to your table of contents and, or your Bible app. Zechariah 4. We're going to read 6 through 14. All right. It says this, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord for Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of his temple, his hands will also complete it, then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dare despises the day of small things, since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees? On the right and the left of the lampstand. Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord all the earth. Now, if you're going, what are you talking about? Good. All right. Let me explain. Here's where we're at in Zechariah. Here's what's going on. The angel of the Lord goes to Zechariah the prophet and begins to prophesy to him, to prophesy to Zerubbabel. What's taking place in time is this, is that Israel and Judah are exiled. They're exiled hundreds of years ago in disobedience. God allowed their captors to come in to move them to foreign lands. But God is good, and he remembers his covenant with his people. And he is moving by his spirit and saying, I am returning you to Jerusalem. There are three different times during the return from exile, three different periods that take place. And what we just read in Zechariah was the first return. And what God did was this through the prophet Zechariah as he began to prophesy about what was going to take place. And specifically here in Zechariah 4, what we read is that the word of the Lord goes to a guy by the name of Zerubbabel who had the responsibility of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem, which he did. And here's what we read here, is that we read as a reminder that there is this, this broke-down state of Jerusalem, of Israel, the, the, the land there. The temple had been destroyed Decades and decades before, it had been destroyed by the enemies of Israel. It laid in ruins, and it was just a big heap pile of rock and stone. And so when God called Israel to go back and called specifically uh, Zerubbabel and Zechariah to this work, He's calling to them to something that looks impossible. 
something that is not natural by their own strength or their own ability. Here's a people that have been exiled for hundreds of years. They have no resource. They have no supply. There's no strength of numbers. It's disorganized. It's it's just a total disaster in many, many ways. But yet God decides in this moment in time to remind the people of Israel of his covenant and his faithfulness to them. Now here's what I want you to get your heart and your head around. Is that when it comes to times of breakthrough, they're not convenient times. They're not convenient by our own understanding or by our own timeline, our own chronology. They're not convenient. But God chooses to come when it is the right time to come. But it's all a matter, it's all a matter of what we're going to hear and what we're going to listen to. As we see with Zerubbabel and Zechariah here. Now I just want to talk about a couple of things concerning breakthrough. And how breakthrough comes. Here's what we kind of learn from this, this story here that we just read in Zechariah 4. The first thing, if you want to take notes, you can. If you don't, it's okay. Just listen. The first thing is this. For breakthrough to come, you have to know who's going to do the heavy lifting. You have to know who's going to do the heavy lifting. And see, what, what happens here, and the first thing that God sets the order concerning Zechariah and Zerubbabel is this. And he, he says, listen, it's not going to be you who's going to do the heavy lifting. It's not going to be your wisdom. It's not going to be your strength. As a matter of fact, he goes and he says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Whose might, whose power? Zerubbabel, the people of Israel. Man's might, man's power. Not our wisdom, not our strength. When we are looking at things that we need to see, God's overcoming work in our life, the first thing that we have to understand is this, is that we're not the ones doing the heavy lifting. We're not the ones, it's not our strength, it's not our wisdom, it's not our power. And in the same respect, I want to just say this just very clearly. You're not the one who got you in the place where you're stuck. It is not a result of your sin. It is not a result of your lack of wisdom. Sometimes the things that we face are just the conditions of life. There are other people's decisions. There's things that are unfair, things that hit us. But it doesn't matter. And this is the understanding of why we have to begin to hear the word of the Lord and understand he wants to do the heavy lifting. Because it's not by your might and it's not by your strength that you got stuck. And it's not by your might and it's not by your strength that you're going to get out. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. All right. Okay. See, God delights in our inability because it's in our inability that we begin to see his resource and his grace come out. But in order to see that, we have to have a reliance upon the Holy Spirit, don't we? That we have to cultivate that. And this is something that I believe is exciting about 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because it gives us time to maybe create a habit of relying upon the Holy Spirit. The saying, Holy Spirit, we want to allow you to speak to us. And maybe we've gotten to a place where we've gotten really comfortable trying to figure the things out in our own life. But yet the joy seems to be gone. The life seems to be gone. 
We've gotten very comfortable trying to fix our own problems, but yet at the end of the day, our problems see, are still there. The mountain's still there. We don't know how to overcome. At the end of the day, we're not excited about the new day. But can I build Holy Spirit a reliance upon you? And what that involves is this, is us learning to invite the Holy Spirit into our life. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my Spirit. So if it's by the Spirit of the Lord, we have to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to move in us, don't we? We have to make time for that. We have to welcome the Holy Spirit. Listen, if I welcome you into my home, I'm not welcoming you in my home to just sit on the couch and be still and be quiet and listen to everything I have to say. Here's what I'm doing is I'm welcoming you in and I want to have a conversation with you. With you. I want to laugh with you. I want to enjoy your company and I want you to enjoy my company. I want you to leave my home saying that, wow, that was great. I enjoyed that. I feel better because I went to Andy's home. And when we talked about welcoming the Holy Spirit, it's this, is that we're willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. We're not just simply doing all the talking. When we invite the Holy Spirit, it's not us just unloading all of the weightiness of our life. Believe me, there will be time for that. And you will be astonished when we choose to listen to the Holy Spirit, how much of that weightiness begins to be lifted off of us. Because he's already dealing with those areas of our life. We learn to rely upon him and say, listen, this is the source of our strength. And then... We repeat that. We repeat that. Now, the second thing that we see from this narrative in Zechariah 4 is this. As a key to breakthrough, is not just knowing who does the heavy lifting, but staying in a place of grace. Grace. Matter of fact, the scripture that I read, and I read from the NIV, but some of your translations say this. In verse 7, it says, What are you mighty mountain before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground, and he will bring out the capstone to shouts of grace, 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 grace. And any time in Scripture that a word is repeated, it's in, expressively implied as, as a key, as a source, as, a, as a something that we need to stop and pay attention to. And here's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to Zechariah for Zerubbabel. And he's saying to it, and he's saying, listen, that pile of rubble that you see on the ground, when you walk up to it, Zerubbabel, this is what Zechariah is holding on to him and saying this to him. I can just imagine this, this happening. And he's saying, Zerubbabel, the, the Lord came to me and said that when you see that pile of rubble and it looks impossible, here's what I want you to do. is the very first thing out of your mouth is turn around and say, grace grace to it. Why? Because grace keeps us in a place of fluidity and understanding the resource and the power of God. Now I want you to stop and think for a second and put yourself in Zerubbabel's shoes as he's going back by the command of the Lord to rebuild the temple. And he's probably got a group of men. He's probably got a little bit of resource but not really enough to finish the job. And he's standing there and he's looking at this thing, and he's remembering the words of Zechariah. And he's saying, listen, I know God wants me to say grace, grace to this. But there's a lot of questions. And the guys are probably murmuring in the background saying, how are we going to do this? 
hey, Z, how is this going to go down? I'm not quite sure what this looks like. What's our first step? What do we need to do? We don't really have wheelbarrows big enough to remove these stones. What's going to happen? And all of a sudden, the words of the Lord from Zechariah, the prophet, come to heart, his heart and his mind. And he remembers that it's only in the place of grace, grace, that the provision in the resource of heaven begins to open up for there to be something that takes place that is transformational in the repair of the temple. And in the same way in your life, if you're going to sit at a place of breakthrough, no matter how big the mountain or how disaster it looks in front of you, you have to be able to say grace, grace. And your ability to say grace, grace is this, is to say, God, I trust your resource and I believe the resource of heaven is available for me in this very situation for everything that I need. But grace, grace also keeps us in a place of understanding that there are going to be times that we are going to have to be flexible, times that we are going to have to understand that God is not going to move exactly the way we want Him to move. He's not going to move according to our plan, but He's going to move sovereignly and it will be perfectly. Grace, grace keeps us flexible. Grace, grace keeps us in a place of understanding. Grace, grace keeps us in a place of knowing that when some of our breakthrough involves people, some of you are believing God for restitution among relationships. Some of you are saying, God, I need to see breakthrough in the places of my work. And grace, grace brings you to an understanding of saying the things that I cannot control, the people that I cannot control, God, I will trust you because what you said, you will do. And grace, grace brings you to that place. See, because grace, grace brings us unto the understanding that what God has called us to is beyond us, but he loves us, and he is sovereign, and he will complete what he says he will do in us. And in the same way, he is able to move on the hearts and the minds of the people around us in the situations in which we can't control and make a pathway where there is no pathway. He'll do it. He'll do it. Promise. Now, this is going to really mess with some of you because in this narrative that we read here in Zechariah 4, what we see is the perfect blending of the spiritual and the practical. See, because up until this point, it's really easy because, like I said, it's God doing the heavy lifting. But there comes a time when God looks at us and says, listen, I need you to step out in obedience by faith. And so the next key that we see to break through here in this narrative is this is that for breakthrough to come, we have to be ready to move in obedience when God says to move. We have to be ready to move in obedience when God says to move. This is what happened here in verse 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Spirit of the Lord is speaking to Zechariah and saying, listen, you're going to know something. As certainly as I'm giving Zerubbabel the strength to start the work, it will be his hands that finish the work. And this is an act of agreement here that God brings us to. And probably one of the hardest things when it comes to breakthrough is our understanding, our role in our breakthrough. 
See, if it was as easy as just God doing the work and doing the heavy lifting and, and, and making the straight path there, see, that, that, that's, we have to understand that. We have to know that. Because that's the reflection of grace. But then God asks us to say, listen, do you trust me to take the steps necessary and the things that I'm calling you to and the areas of breakthrough that I'm calling you to to begin to walk them out? There have been times in my life and areas of my life and breakthrough where there's been things that I've had to reconcile, places that I've had to learn to trust God, relationships that I've had to learn to trust God with, and I can receive the revelation of the breakthrough. I can receive the grace that God is doing the heavy lifting. I can receive the understanding that he is going to complete what he has started in me, but I still have to say, as God says, Andy, will you step out and do this, I still have to use my faith to do that. I still have to say, God, I'm going to be the one who's going to set my hand to the thing that you have called me to. I hope you understand that here. I hope you begin to see this. Because if it's a place of restitution, God may say, I want you to go and talk to that person where it's been frictioning or broken. And I want you to say this. And part of your breakthrough includes that. It may be this, to say, it's time to take that step, that those things and those dreams that I put inside of you in the, in the place of, of, of brokenness and pain, that's over, but I'm calling you into a dream and a, pain, and a plan for you, but you have to take a step. You have to take a step. You have to take a step of obedience. You've got to begin to add your faith and obedience to my grace to see the breakthrough take place. And see, as God is faithful to begin to speak those things and begin to show us those things that he wants to bring us to, our response has to be this. And willing obedience is to say, God, I trust you. And if you tell me to go, if you tell me to do something in obedience, knowing that it's an act of faith, I will do it. Knowing that it will bring me to a place of breakthrough. Zerubbabel had the responsibility of putting his hands to the the work there. God said he would do it. God said he would provide the resource. But in faith, Zerubbabel had to set his hands to do that. He had to mobilize the people to work. And this is what we see. I hope you understand that. I hope you see that, uh, that picture there. The final thing is this. Justin, come on up, man. And I love this. I love this. My mom used to say this to me, and I never understood it. In verse 10, it says this, Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. And the fourth thing that I see here concerning breakthrough is this, is don't be afraid to start small and start where you are. Don't be afraid to start small and start where you are. God looked at Zechariah and said this in a command, not in a question. Because some of this conversation happens in the form of a question, and some of it happens in the form of a command. And he looked at Zechariah and he told him this. He said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Why? Because the first step of breakthrough in obedience through the grace and the strength of God contains everything necessary to see it completed. 
And this is the picture that God gives Zechariah. And I want to show you this. I want you to see this and not, not just pass over these words that might seem a little unfamiliar to you. But here's what God said to Zechariah to prove this truth. Of not to reject the day of small things or small beginnings. He said, listen, the people are going to rejoice when they see the capstone. But this is what this word means. It's the plumb line. And if you've ever watched anybody do masonry, what they have to do first is they have to set the plumb line from which the capstone, the cornerstone, is put in place. Because from that place, everything else stays level. And from that place, everything else is built upon. If the capstone is not right, if the plumb line's not in place, then the building will not be level. The building cannot be solid enough to be completed. But God spoke to Zechariah and said, this is proof to you not to despise the day of small beginning. It's because the people are going to rejoice. They're going to begin to let out a praise, a shout of joy, a scream to God to say, thank you, God, when they see just the plumb line, just the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Because they're going to know that in that moment, there is enough provision from heaven and enough obedience and faith from man to see the work of the temple restored. And that same truth endures for us today. And it's this, and it, it, it's, it's very simple. Is that your day of breakthrough, God might show you what it looks like to be on the other side. And His grace and His strength is sufficient to get you there. And your obedience and faith is necessary. But it starts with that first step. And you don't have to start sprinting. You don't have to start jogging. All you have to do is take the first step. Because in that first step, in that step of faith and obedience, in the knowledge and understanding of the grace and the strength of God, is everything necessary to get you to the place of breakthrough. Oh, I know that sounds crazy. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, come on, man. That doesn't even make sense. How's the first step get me anywhere? It's because this. Go back to the first thing. See, and you can't think with your natural understanding when it comes to this. You have to begin to think according to the Spirit of the Lord. And, and before we even go there for just a second, I want to ask you a question. If any of you are in doubt or disillusionment to this truth, I want to ask you this question. In your own strength, what have you accomplished? In your own wisdom, what have you done? In your own power, what have you achieved? Then I ask you this. If that's you, why not trust what the Lord says? Because the reason why it all involves one step and the reason why God spoke to Zechariah and said, do not despise a day of small beginning is because he understood that there would be naysayers, there would be people that would be looking and saying it's not possible, they can't do it, they can't turn a heap of stones into a temple, it's foolish, we let them go, but you know what, they won't ever do anything. He knew that there would be internal frustration, but he also knew, he also knew that the first step would unlock the first step, which is that this, that the obedience to the grace brings the breakthrough. You don't have to believe me, but if you're stuck, I dare you to try it. And if you try it, you'll see the truth of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ to be true. You don't have to have it all figured out. 
You don't have to have it all figured out. Stop wrestling. Stop wrestling and stop fighting with the things that God wants to bring you into. Just begin to ask him for each day enough to take one step. One step. One step. Because the next day, after the plumb line was set and the capstone was set, they saw the whole row. And the next day, they started to see another layer come up. And the next day, they started to see a wall. And the next day, they started to see the internal walls. And all of a sudden, they started remembering. Even though they had been separated by generations and generations. Now remember, generations had not ever seen the temple. Oh, but they heard. And they heard and they said, this is what great granddad talked about when he used to bring the sacrifice from the outer courts into the inner courts. Oh, I remember what great grandma used to say when she used to talk about the priest coming in and out worshiping the Lord. And the presence of the Lord used to hover over the holy of holies. I remember that. Hey, is that the wall where the holy of holies goes? Hey, is this where the the outer courts are going to be? Hey, oh my goodness. This is what they said would happen. Do you remember what they said would happen when the temple would come that God would do? Do you know what he's going to do for us? And do you see that all of that started with the plumb line? It started with the plumb line. A step of obedience. You don't have to have it all figured out. In your heart, you want it. I know you want it. In your heart, you see it. But you don't have to have it figured out. Rest and take peace and know that the one who will complete it is sufficient for today to finish today what's needed. I want to close with this. Because there's one more part of the scripture that's just a little bit confusing. It was confusing to Zechariah. And it's okay. But let me read this to you again. It says this. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees to the right and to the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches besides the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, do you not know what these are? And Zachariah's response is, no, Lord, I don't. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. And this is what I want to, a thought I want to bring into this. Concerning what Zechariah saw. Is this, is that it takes grace and truth to accomplish the breakthrough that God has for us. Grace empowers you. But truth moves you to obedience. When it comes to our breakthrough, this is what we see again in this narrative in Zechariah 4. Is this. Is that there had to be grace. It had to start with grace because the act of breakthrough is supernatural entirely. But yet, but yet, God brings us into the equation. And he asks us to agree with him in faith. To move in obedience to his grace. And the need for our breakthrough requires us to hear and to feel and to respond to the grace of God in a way that it moves us. It moves us. And I don't know exactly what you are asking God for breakthrough. But I know this. 
that as you understand the revelation, the grace and the strength of God, you're going to have to take a step toward it. You're going to have to move to it. You're going to have to say, yes, Lord, even if it's in the transformation of your mind, to say, I'm not thinking this way anymore about this situation, this person, or myself. But instead, I'm hearing your thoughts. I'm not thinking this way about my future anymore. God, I'm going to listen to what you say, what your word says. God, I'm not going to be moved by fear anymore. I know what you spoke to me. It's been confirmed over and over again. And I'm going to take a step toward that. It might be small. I might not be able to run yet. But I'm going to take the smallest step of obedience now. And tomorrow, God, I'm going to trust you for the next step. It's grace and truth. These two branches of the same tree that Zechariah sees and he didn't understand. I believe this is what they are. The need for the spiritual. And in this case, it was the prophetic. I know some of you come from different backgrounds and that's okay. We're not forcing anything on you. But here's what we see in this particular story that we just read. That God chose to speak through the prophet to prophesy to Zerubbabel. That he chose to move this way first. And we can't despise spiritual things. And we can't despise the prophetic. We can't despise these things. But in the same way, it wasn't Zechariah setting his hand to the building of the wall. It was the man who God chose in Zerubbabel. Because he understood that it took both of those things to accomplish the work of God. But either one of them, it would have fallen short. But together, God in his sovereignty put it together. And so the encouragement is this. Is that refrain from getting into the place of your strength and your ability. Even when you begin to see God move sovereignly. But rely yet upon the Holy Spirit. In the same way, don't just rely upon the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will not move you. What? Nobody wants to challenge that? The Holy Spirit will lead you, but He won't move you. You have to move in obedience. You have to move in obedience. It's called faith. All right. That's what I believe this seed. Now, you don't have to agree with me on that part, but this is what I think. And the only thing we can do in response to this is take inventory of our life and say, God, listen, if you're bringing me to a place of breakthrough, then, then... I need to have this in balance in my life. And I'll say this, that in some of our lives, we've fallen too much in using our own strength. And we have to learn to rely upon the Holy Spirit. But some of us say, listen, I know what God says. I have a whole notebook full of what God has said. But why hasn't it happened yet? God, are you asking me to take a small step? Don't start sprinting. Don't start sprinting. Don't. Don't be like me at a race, a real race. I like to be first and then I'm throwing up on the side. Don't do that, all right? Start slow. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today, God, that by your word, the revelation of your word, God, that you're leading us into breakthrough. Your word is life. Your word is spirit. And your word is truth. God, I thank you that for every one of us, Lord, as we begin this fast Lord, let the revelation of grace fill our hearts, God, that the things that you're calling us to, God, the areas of breakthrough, 
Father, I know that there are many here, Lord, that have been looking for that day to say, God, when am I going to be over the mountain, past the mountain? When am I, I going to begin to walk in the things I know you've called me to? Lord, I just declare your great grace, 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 grace. It's only by your strength. It's only by your spirit, Lord. We just make a confession right now that it's not by our strength and it's not by our might. God, no matter what we're looking at, no matter what we're facing, God, no matter what's in front of us, it is not by our strength, it is not by our might, but it is by your spirit, by your grace, your grace, that we are going to overcome, that we are going to see life, that we are going to walk into a new season, that we're going to see healing and restitution. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray, Father, just for Holy Spirit courage to take steps, small steps today. God, that we would be a people that do not despise small beginnings. God, we see it, we believe it by faith, but yet we understand that each day, God, we take a step in obedience to you. We thank you for that, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I invite you to stand up, please. Okay. Thank you all. That was long. <laughs> oh, I love you all. Okay. Remember, don't eat for 21 days, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm only joking. Please know that. But don't forget that tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m., Wednesday at 7, and then, of course, Saturday at 9.30 a.m. I'd love to see you if you can make it. If you can't, it's okay. And we're going to conclude. We're going to wrap up our 21 days of prayer and fasting with some special stuff. Um, I've invited uh, Pastor Travis Elkins to come, and we're going to minister together and do some some fun stuff. And... Um, we're going to have some fun, okay? It's important. It's important to have some fun. Just to launch out in some good stuff. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. And even if you don't need breakthrough, some of you are like, man, Pastor, I am doing great. And great. You're here for a reason. And the reason is this, is that the strength that God has given you and the places of breakthrough God's brought you to, you need to find somebody and put your arms around them and be the Zechariah to the Zerubbabel. Right? Say, listen, God God did it for me. He's not a respecter of persons. He's going to do it for you. And part of my job is just to encourage you with what God's saying. And you can do it. Don't be upset. Don't be frustrated. Take a small step. It's going to be okay. I'm here. You're going to be good. A kid's telling me to be quiet now. That's good. All right. Here's what I want to do as we close. I bless you. I'm going to invite a couple of our ministry folks to come up. Marla, um, Ronnie, Pam, uh, Charlotte, Ronnie. Y'all come on up. And here's just what I want to do this morning is we want to make our team available to pray with you. Um, if you need anything at all, maybe you, you say, look, I just want to join hands with somebody and pray with this place of breakthrough. And, and, my, and my, what I said earlier, I, I must stop talking, I promise, is this, that if you're a doubter today, thank you for being here. For real, I love you. I'm not saying that because I used to be a doubter too. And I'm all right with doubters. And I think doubters are okay with God. 
But here's what I want to challenge you to do, doubter like me, is to lean out into God and say, God, I'll, I'll give you a chance. That's not irreverent. That's honest. And he'll meet you. I promise you he'll meet you. But this morning, if you need prayer for that or anything at all, we want to pray for you. Let me bless you. Father, I declare your grace upon grace on every person here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up. We love you. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Wednesday.